It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Laura, what do you got? All right. So I was really down in the dumps when I heard Betty White died, as I told you guys last week. But I just saw that Hulu decided to drop a a spinoff on the Golden Girls called The Golden Palace. It's 24 episodes. They dropped them all at once. So if you guys need some Betty White in your life, you guys can go to Hulu and binge watch The Golden Palace. I'm actually really interested in this. I did not know about this. Would you guys be watching? That was a lot, real quick. <laughs> no. No. You're no. out. No. Probably not. I got to be honest with you. You rather rewatch the old stuff? Yeah. yeah the old stuff true. is all over TV anyway. You can find it on streaming services or on cable or whatever. It's super easy to find. So, yeah. You know, but it's Hulu. So, shout out to Hulu. You yeah. guys can find it there. I'll tell you, Hulu's one of the services I don't use. I mean, I use Netflix. Oh, really? And... Hulu's got a lot of good yeah. stuff. Hulu's yeah. Good. I don't use Hulu at all. Um, I've just recently gotten into uh, YouTube TV, um, Disney Plus, but uh, and Netflix, yeah, and um, Apple TV because you know I had to watch the morning show. And you still need to finish Ted Lasso. I know, I do. Mm-hmm. I know, I, I know. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. I just I got lost in it. I, mm-hmm. I gave up on it. I haven't gone back to it. I feel that way about a lot of shows. And you know? add getting Hulu to your services. You need getting to Hulu. You, yes. you recommend Hulu? I love Hulu. Okay, based Hulu's on your great. I'll no, take it's it. good. Wait, you don't Hulu's have the bundle? Great. What bundle? Bundle of what? The bundle. The bundle. The, bundle. The, you know? the Disney bundle. The Hulu, yeah. ESPN Plus, and um, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah. No, I need to get that because I think I just have Disney Plus standing on its own. Oh, yeah, you, you can don't get have the ESPN bundle Plus? for like thirteen ninety nine. Yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, it's a deal. Yeah, it's Dude, a great deal it. actually. Yeah, I, I want it. I want the bundle. So you go get the bundle. Be able to get it. You might even be able to get the bundle for free since you're a Disney employee. Just saying. Look into yeah, that maybe. for you. I don't know. I got to figure that out. Yeah. So, all right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Uh, real quick. I have a, uh, a dilemma. Okay. So my daughter's been playing basketball for the first time. And it's like three on three basketball. Little kids. Like six, How old are the girls? Years. Six okay. and seven years old. Okay. Got it. Uh, my daughter is the 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 smaller, like the skinnier, like not as big as all the other girls. She's the runt of the of this litter, right? Um, but she's having fun, which is all that matters. And it's all her girlfriends from like school, and they're all playing on the same team, and it's it's she's having a blast. So we go every Sunday, and we you know we watch them play, and the refs are awesome. <laughs> These guys have a ton of patience. Um, and so do the coaches, right? So the referees understand that it's okay to travel when you're. Oh yeah, they they literally tell them like, "Hey, just make sure you get a dribble in every once in a while." Yeah, okay. I mean, they're six (laughs) and seven years old. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, because it'd be a really boring game if they just called travel every possession. Oh no, 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 no. And it's half court. You know what I mean? Like whatever. They they play a bunch of games on each half court and stuff, so it's it's cool. Um, so I was like. Um, when I was when I've been watching the game, I've tried my best to kind of just like other than like hey play defense or hey pass the ball or you know because it, it gets stagnant right like when my kid you know, has say the things ball, like right? hands up on D nothing yeah like that. yeah hands up pass the ball you know and you know or reinforce the three things you can do on offense dribble hey dribble the ball or hey pass the ball or hey shoot the ball right you're like, saying this from the stands though dad there's no stands this is like on a on a blacktop you know what I'm okay, saying but you're, so you're but you're not coaching the team you're just a fan no no but like all the parents are like you know they're reinforcing like hey whatever the coach is preaching that day right hands up or whatever right right. so like yeah like so we're doing that okay um and so for the most part outside of that and just positive reinforcement for all the girls um even when the opponent makes a shot i'll be like hey good shot you know like whatever it's a nice thing Uh, to do yeah i mean they're six seven years old you know it's nice it's lovely yeah so um my wife says to me, hey, so the uh, coach can't make it next week. Do you think you can coach the team? And I'm like, why, wh- wait, why you? Because the, the mom, who is like the assistant coach, asked my yeah. wife if I could do it. 
they all think that you know a lot about basketball because you work for ESPN? Yes. So they figure, And I, like, I do hey, know a lot about basketball. But they're just like, hey, George should be the coach because George knows a lot about basketball because he's around the NBA. Yeah, but I, so here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't even know the – like, these kids don't – I mean, I'm not saying they don't know how to play, but they don't know how to play. Let's be real. They're six years old. Of course they old. don't. They're first-time players. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm trying to think, like – and this is why I wanted to solicit to the audience because how – like, I mean, I got to teach them, like, how to pass. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because sometimes you watch these games, they'll pass it to each other, and it will, like – They'll be like, whoa, like they're afraid of the ball. They'll throw their hands up. You know what I mean? Like it's and it's all the teams, not just my right, daughter's right. team. So it's like there's got to be a lot of patience trying to do this, you know, like big time. Um, so I, I'm just I, I, I'm soliciting like opinions on what I should do, how I should go about it. Uh, I mean, I get – look, I used to teach little kids back in the day when I was in college, right? Like, so I get it. Like, but it's been a long time, right? And and I've never I don't I've never taught basketball at that age. You know what I mean? Like the kids I've worked with the basketball are usually a little older. You know, um, they were like 10, 11, 12. so they at least have a decent understanding of how the game is played, right? This is like they know nothing, and I gotta help <laughs> kind of get them to play some semblance of cohesive basketball. Um, I am loving this. I by the way, I want you to know, I love that you're in this situation because take it from me, George. I coached Little League Baseball all the way till my son aged out. I coached youth soccer. Um, you know, any sport there was, softball, you name it, I coached it. And I love, love, love coaching. The number one priority for the coach, especially when it's for little kids, is to make sure that they want to play oh, next yeah. season. That they have fun, if the, yes. Because if the coach makes it miserable for a yeah. kid, at seven years old, next year they're like, Mommy, Daddy, I don't want to play. Why? Because Coach George was a jerk to me. Right. You, it's all about having a great time, yeah. running around, a little exercise, playing with your friends. It's all good. I love that you're in this situation. you got to be able to put some of this stuff on Instagram this weekend, man. Yeah, I got to Come on. Come on. This is cute. Very cute. I just want to say that. When I was that age, that's when I first started playing basketball, and I was horrible. I didn't know what I was doing. I had such a hard time dribbling. Like, it was really, really hard, and my coach was very mean. And I'm like, how? I don't know. Looking back on it, I don't know how coaches can be mean to, like, seven-year-old basketball players. Yeah, no, you can't do that. That's right. Right. So I would just say, be as nice as you can, because some people are probably just like me and are terrible. Yeah, oh, no, 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 for sure. There Now, there are some kids out there that you can tell will eventually be pretty good players. Like, even at this age, you can I, – I don't know about you, Kaplan, but I, you could tell right away who's an athlete and who's not. Absolutely. No question about it. Yeah. You can, you can take a seven-year-old kid on a soccer field and look at him or her and go, that kid right there, I can just see the way that kid moves. Because, you know, if you've got that sort of scouting mentality, like I know I do, George – yeah. You can go, that kid right there, that kid could be a oh, star. I'll give you an example. I took my three-year-old today to soccer, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, three-year-old soccer is ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> like the man is a saint. Sounds okay? hilarious. Like, yeah, like, oh, hilarious, but also a saint, uh, the man. Um, and You mean the coach, the guy who's coaching? Yeah, the, the coach who's coaching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you have to be a saint to do that. So, but there was one kid, a girl, out yeah. there because it was co-ed. There was boys and girls, six kids, yeah. three and three. And I saw this girl, like, dribble the, the ball, like, right. kicking the ball, like, to the yeah. goal. And yeah. not only did she do it perfectly with both feet, but she did it, did not break stride and scored the goal, like, on the drill. <laughs> and I was like, that kid is going to be a soccer player for right. sure. Like, there's that girl no question. Is better yeah. than all them dudes. I had the same experience. My son was playing flag football. He was probably about six, seven years old. There was another girl. There was a girl on the other team. And I started calling her Regina Bush. Because let me tell you something, she worked these kids back and forth. Nobody yeah. could touch her. Nobody could grab her flags. She was awesome. I love it when little girls are better than the little boys. That's cute. So I'm looking at YouTube here, and I wrote, I just typed in how to teach young kids basketball. And there's actually yeah. uh, basketball <laughs> drills for six-year-olds at home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah keep going. Yeah. Uh, it's a funny thing to Google. This yeah. is great. This I mean, is listen, awesome. 
And, and the basketball for kids is another one. Like, there's a, there's some in here, so I may look that up. But I'd love to hear from the audience about their experiences of how to handle this. But I, I feel like love you, that. Yeah, I think I, this is great because you know yeah. what, George? You're not babysitting. You're coaching. I love right. this. Arnold is seriously. La- Arnold is in Ladera Heights. Arnold, what do you got? Hello. Yeah, yeah Arnold. What's up, Arnold? Yeah. Hey, what's going on? First of all, I love you guys' show. You guys Thank are you, both man. awesome. Love your show. And uh, make my make my ride home very very nice. Appreciate and uh, George is to me it's pretty simple. I've I've coached on several, well I mean with kids on several levels. And when they're that age, they need to gain confidence. And the way they gain confidence is if you teach them how to do things and not be upset about their IQ. Okay, explain that? what you mean by that. I'd be curious. Yeah. It sounds, so it, it sounds if smart. I know how to pass, like you say, i got to teach them how to pass. So, yeah, so just teach them how to pass. Right. As opposed to, okay, when the guy's over here and this is going on over here, you pass it over here, you do this. No, they need to learn how to do it. How to actually do it. Right, first. yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, right. Don't, don't teach them. Don't teach them have, yeah, don't teach them plays. Teach them how to play. Exactly. Because you keep saying, you know, we're, they don't know anything. Well, they don't need to know anything just to put the ball on the floor to pick it up, right? They don't need right. to know anything. They just do the drill right. without the IQ. Right. You know, and the ones who are naturally inclined to pick it up or watch it on TV or their parents play, their IQ is going to develop and they're going to be a little bit more aware of the court and where they are. But for the most part, if I know how to do something, then you can take me to the next level of now that you know how to do that, let me show you how to best implement it. But initially, how do you dribble? How right. do I pass? Right. You know, those, how do I shuffle my feet right to left when I'm playing defense? Right. No, no scenarios, right. just straight drills. Yeah, bend your knees. And then, you and then, like, Cap, and then like Cap said, make it fun. Yeah. Okay, okay. easy enough. Thank you so much, Arnold. That's great advice. Thank you yes, so much. Sir. All right, That's talk to you advice. soon. Take much care. love, brother. That is great uh-huh. advice. It is. Basically, it is. yeah, teach them. Don't teach them plays. Teach them how to play. Yeah. George, you going to run, like, uh, layup lines before the game or what? No, man. These kids can barely make <laughs> shots. <I> mean, <laughs> but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to teach them how. I'm going to teach them to slide their feet. I'm going to have the ball, and I'm going to make all six girls, like, Guard me sliding their feet. I'm going to show them left to right, right, how to slide. I'm going to show them how to do it first, and then I'm going to dribble, and I'm like, you guys guard me, and that'll be the way I teach them defense. All right, I like that idea. Yeah. You see, you should be doing your own YouTube videos on how to coach. Yeah, no, I'm not definitely not doing that. Yeah. So I may also hit, like, someone up like Chinea Gumake and just ask her what I think she, what she thinks I should not do. Not going to call LeBron and get his advice? No. I mean, Chinea's a WNBA player. I'm coaching <laughs> Maybe you call Why LeBron. am I going to ask LeBron about coaching girls? Like, hey, LeBron, what do you know about coaching three-year-old little girls? Yeah, you know. I mean, what advice would you have, LeBron? I'm coaching this weekend. Yeah. I, they called me off the bench. I'm coaching. I'm in. Yeah. So I'll ask McMiniman what he thinks. McMiniman is a baller. I don't know if people know that. He is, he can ball. Like I didn't know that. He's good. He's a good player. Um, so I'll ask McMiniman. Plus, we'll dive into the Lakers. We didn't get into the Rams, which, by the way, we'll do in the last segment. Um, because the Rams... Dylan Hernandez went at the Rams, I thought, in the L.A. Times. We'll do that at 640, um, and we'll do some football in the last segment. So, McMiniman next, big deal, no deal, 630, NFL football. We'll talk some football in the last segment. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The bain- the painting with Bob or whatever the hell his name was uh, was definitely relaxing. I don't think there's any question about that. Anybody ever really like- watch that? I mean, did anybody really ever yes. watch it? Yeah, people I watch that. that. Yes. Especially, uh, you know, if they were, uh, you know, under adult, you know, party favors. Right. So, I wasn't, but I still that's, watched. It's yeah. kind of what it took, I think. Yeah. Or not. 
I mean, I don't know. Some people just like painting and mm-hmm. relaxing. Um, Dave like McMiniman is not coming on to talk about tacos in Cleveland this time around. And Lindsay was really mad at you that day, Dave. Good Lord. What was the taco I shop mean, that Lindsay had? That she can liked? we just move it? on? Let's talk about Bob Ross. Great. <laughs> there you go. Bob yeah. Ross Were you a Bob Ross guy? Excellent. I was dressed up as him for Halloween one year. It was the easiest costume ever. I already had the beard. Right. High little pro action. You just wear a button-down shirt, get a fake easel. And Nikita, a good Halloween costume, is like not feeling uncomfortable. Like face paint's bad, masks are bad. Bob Ross, instant recognition, cost me 30 bucks. Had a great time. Man, that's wow. true because you do already have the look with the beard. Man, that was smart by you. See, I'm always about that with Halloween. It's just what's the most comfortable I can be in that situation. Wow, excellent work out of you. It's a good costume. It's a good thought. It I is. Mean, it, it definitely is. is something that nobody has to say this to you when you show up at a costume party like, so what are, what you, are you Yeah, yeah. No one had to say that, that to him. Yeah. Right, I yeah. hate that. Um, McMiniman, I have a question for you. Happy little trees 50 times throughout the night. You got to chuckle every single time. It's, ah, it's that, yes. Uh, what do you got? Yes. So I, uh, I've been summoned off the bench. Like, you know, there's a lot of interim coaches right now or acting coaches because of mm. COVID. Uh, I have been summoned off the bench to coach my daughter's six and seven year old, uh, basketball team. <laughs> um, three okay. on th- three on three half court. Um, uh, I was explaining to the audience that um, these young ladies have never played basketball before. They're playing together because they're friends in school and they want to have a good time, and everybody's having a good time. And that is the goal, is to clearly make them have a good time. Do you have any suggestions for me on child drills? Like, do you have any nephews and nieces or uh, that you've worked with or any suggestions on coaching young children? I mean, I've coached uh, a ton of uh, basketball camps, youth basketball camps in, in the summer times. Uh, I, you want to just get down to the fundamentals. So all about passing without over dribbling, without uh, traveling, obviously, and try to get them to not adopt today's trends by shooting from the outside. Like, <laughs> it should be free throw line and in. Unless you want to watch a lot of air balls, free throw line and in. And like, I, I would, you know, this is obviously a, uh, too controlling of a way to play the game, but I think it's good early on. Like I would require three passes before a shot every time it passes half court. So you get everybody touching the ball, staying engaged, even if they're getting not getting the shot. Uh, I think that'll help you out a little bit. And okay. also get them together, watch a Lakers game, and just say, don't do what number zero is doing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> See that guy right there? Whatever he's doing, do the opposite. <laughs> I like that. Well, hey, what do you think, man? I mean, you think, Dave, is there anybody in the NBA that would ever consider taking Russ from the Lakers to take on that contract? Is there anybody? Is there any trade potential? I really don't see it. The one place where he still has plus value in terms of what he can bring to a franchise's business opportunities is Oklahoma City, but... It's what Sam Presti has done is just stock up a ton of assets and really try to move that thing forward with guys like Jay Gilgis Alexander and uh, the Australian kid Giddy and uh, Lou Dort being the wave of the future. You're kind of taking a step backwards uh, to bring Russ in. Maybe you could talk yourself into Sacramento just because Vivek Renadive, the owner there, has been known to do things that are a little outside the box. Uh, but again, I, I don't anticipate that happening either. Certainly if Monty McNair has, has the same thing, someone who has really made his bones in the business by being an analytics guy, the analytics community does not like Russell Westbrook. So I, I think you strap in as a Lakers fan for the next season and a half. Uh, you have them for the rest of this year and, Russell Westbrook has a player option for $47 million next year. I, I don't see any scenario where even if he would opt out and sign a multi-year deal, uh, I don't envision any scenario where you could get more than $47 million guaranteed. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you wholeheartedly on that. So, yeah, I mean, he becomes attractive next year, Dave, right? Like if, you know, in the sense that he becomes an expiring contract, so perhaps next season he can be dealt, but th- th- this season looks bleak, right? Is that fair? Yeah, right. But even then, like if you're the Lakers, 
you probably grin and bear it to the end because the only type of contract you're going to be getting back is going to be one with more years on it. Right. So it would be a team unloading a problem for a problem. Yeah. Uh, I think you're better off just, you know, just gripping tight uh, for the remainder of what's left. Uh, and then, you know, you, you can start with a fresh roster in, in what, 23, 24. Yeah. Um, wow. Jeez. Just hold on tight, everybody, because it's going to be like this for another season and a half, huh? Yikes. Well, the, the thing you can say is that over the course of the last several seasons where Russ has bounced around, he has gotten better as the year's gone on. And I asked Scott Brooks about that, why he felt that was the case, because Scott not only coached him in Oklahoma City, but had him with the Washington Wizards. And, and Scott said, well, like, Russ just doesn't really play during the summertime. And that is a body maintenance decision he makes. And, you know, talk about a guy in year 14 who hasn't missed a game so far this year. It's hard to argue with that. But Scott believes that just the rhythm and timing, it takes him a while. And, and he's stronger in the second half of the season. So you, you say that and it's a little bit of an encouragement. And then you also say that LeBron missed 12 games of the first 41. Anthony Davis missed 13 of the first 41. Uh, theoretically, if you get far more game time from both those guys combined with Russ, it'll look better in the second half as well. Dave McMenamin joining us here, does a phenomenal job covering the NBA and your Los Angeles Lakers here for ESPN. Hey, so you mentioned Anthony Davis. When I did the game on Friday, I asked Frank Vogel, and I know you guys, I guess, asked him too in the when you had him in the group about like an update on AD, and and you got we all got the same answer, which is we're we're not really giving an update. Um, have you heard anything since? Because I would imagine that there's been at least more people inquiring because that was just kind of a strange update that we don't have an update. <laughs> um, do you know anything about AD status? Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny. I, I talked to someone else within the organization that same game, and it was the party line. They said the same thing. Now, some of that, I believe, is the way that Anthony Davis's representation like to go about things. Uh, so that's a bit of the Lakers respecting the business relationship with Clutch Sports and Rich Paul. Uh, you know, I watched AD work out on the court for about 15 minutes pregame. He's wearing a bulky brace on that left uh, leg of his, um, but uh, you know he was moving without wincing. He was his form on his jump shot looked pretty good, and for a guy whose jump shot was really off the rest of the year, you can maybe talk yourself into the silver lining of this time helping him recalibrate things. And, you know, LeBron said it on the record about a week ago that Kendrick Nunn's on the way, and maybe he's not too far behind him. So it's just my understanding that we are sticking with the same time frame that was introduced when he first got injured about three and a half weeks ago in Minnesota. Uh, the team will issue a formal update, uh, I believe, on Friday. That would be the four-week mark. And I think from there, you start to look in the two- to three-week range. This is just guesstimation based on what the initial time frame was put out. But there have been no red flags in my reporting in terms of setbacks up to this point. You know, Dave, you kind of sound like a guy, and, and I kind of like it, by the way, that is optimistic about the second half of the season, that if AD comes back and gets healthy, and if you know Russ gets himself more into the rhythm, and if LeBron is playing the way he is, and if other guys come back, you sound like somebody who's maybe a little bit optimistic about the latter part of the season. Do I got that right? I'm optimistic comparatively to what we saw through the first 41 games. I don't think they're going to be a team that's one game over 500 through the next 41. Uh, they're a better team than that when they have their personnel. You have found what you have in Malik Monk over this first half of the season. You've found uh, spots on the floor where Carmelo Anthony can still be effective in year 19. You have uh, polished Austin Reeves a bit. And now he's a player that can give you spot minutes in big moments. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker has certainly had his struggles, but he appears to be trending upward. LeBron James is clearly playing as good as he's ever played since joining the, the Lakers. And so all those reasons, and you throw in, if, if you 
Kendrick Nunn ends up being anything, if Trevor Ariza ends up being anything, uh, if Anthony Davis remembers how to shoot a jump shot, the big, they'll be probably you know top four, top five team in the West over the final 41 games. Now the problem is that there's a gulf. Uh, I think they're six and a half games behind the Grizzlies for the number four seed. Uh, you know, right right now they're in seventh, and so it, you know, you want to at least get six to not deal with the play-in scenario. Uh, but you know, because they didn't really take care of business some reasons of their own and some out of their control over the first half of the season, like you just have a lot of hard games coming up and it's going to be harder to make up that ground with the, the hard opponents. Dave McMiniman does a phenomenal job covering the NBA and your Los Angeles Lakers here for us at ESPN. Thanks brother. Thanks for squeezing us in. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. You guys. Thanks. Fellas. All right, man. You, Take care. There he is. Uh, all right. Quick break. You heard what he said. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Give us your thoughts. Uh, but coming up next, Big Deal or No Deal, everybody's favorite segment here in the 6 o'clock hour. Lindsay will have those questions for us in about two and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, thank you, Christopher. All right, Linz, what do you got? All right, so recently the UFC announced that they're going to be raising the prices of ordering a pay-per-view event in the new year. The prices are going to increase from $69.99 to $74.99, beginning with UFC 270 on January 22nd. This news, of course, has been unwelcomed by fans, and now the displeasure has trickled down to some of the UFC athletes, and among those against the price bump is Sean O'Malley. The bantamweight fighter recently said on his podcast, quote, Dana White raising pay-per-view by $5? What the hell are we doing here, Dana? He was then asked if he thought that the increase will re be, re be reflected in the paychecks of fighters, to which O'Malley said, I doubt it. And he noted that he thinks even less people will pay the higher price because they're just going to try to illegally stream it instead. So do you guys think that a UFC fighter, Sean O'Malley, his comments about the UFC's pay or price increase and then that it's probably not going to go to the fighters. Do you think that this is a big deal or no deal, Cap? No deal for me. Uh, it seems like a lot of UFC fighters like to complain about the UFC, and they like to do it publicly. Some of them eventually are like, you know what? I'm going to go see if I can make more money in something else, Bellator or one of these other fighting leagues. Uh, so there seems to be a lot of griping about this. But, look, it seems like everything costs more nowadays. I was at the gas station the other day. I'm like, my God, everything, regular unleaded, middle grade, 89, 91, it's all over $5. And you know what? There's no complaining about it because I need it. Everything costs more money all of a sudden, and including UFC pay-per-views. And I don't think there'll be any fewer buys because of $5. Um, I, it, it is a big deal, I think, because uh, when fighters are talking about it, I do think it becomes, it makes it a bigger deal. If it was just fans complaining, fans complain about a lot of things. Um, and yes, life is getting more expensive um, across the board. My kids' preschool just sent out a letter that uh, next year is going to be more expensive. I mean, that that is the unfortunate situation of what what's transpiring at the moment um, due to inflation that goes back. This isn't like to blame one administration. This goes back many, many, many administrations now, um, and way back, you go way back. Not to give a finance lesson here or a, an economics lesson, but. Um, 
Actually, I was kind of curious about the economics lesson. I mean, we could do that offline. I don't think oh, we need right. to do that Thank here. Thank you. Let's people. talk about that later. But the I, 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 so I think it's a big deal because the fighters are talking about it, and I think that that always makes it more challenging uh, and a more delicate dance for Dana and, and all the partners involved. So I, I do think it's a big deal. I think he has a really good point that, like, it's going to make people want to pay it even less because it's already, like, Man, sixty nine ninety nine. Honestly, like what it does to somebody mentally when they look at a number like seventy four ninety nine, like seventy four ninety nine, kind of seems like a lot more money than sixty dollars versus like seventy five dollars. Like, I know it's only a five dollar difference, but just looking at it, it psychologically, I feel like it seems like a big deal, and people are gonna be like, "Man, I can just try and find it for free online." So to his point, I think it could backfire on them. Hopefully it doesn't, I but I just feel like people who buy UFC fights are going to buy UFC fights. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I used to pay for them when they were 50 bucks. Yeah. But now I, mean, I have there's a ESPN big fight, Plus, there's a great card, so, you're yeah. really into it, you're be like, "I don't care how much it costs, I'll pay for it." Yeah, yeah. But I'm, like, right. I'm not one of those people who buys well, every one of those. I'm assuming they they priced it in in a, in a way where they 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 feel like even if they lose a few people, the price increase will negate some of that. Is my guess. I don't know that. It's not like inside information or anything like that. But yeah, good point. I feel like their crowd though is getting a lot younger, and the younger people don't have the money. But hey, who knows? I'm sure they have it all figured out with yeah. their whole economics plan. Anyway, next one. Yeah. Uh, so college football playoff expansion and the the talk surrounding it seems to have been stopped in its tracks. A new report suggests that the Big Ten's commissioner is one that's holding things up. Apparently, Kevin Warren will not budge on having Power 5 conference champs getting automatic bids. Everyone else, they just want the highest-ranked conference champions. So Warren has cited that his conference schedule difficulty, um, and he feels that the co that conference champions should have the most weight. So in regards to getting the CFP expansion done, do you guys think that this report, that the Big Ten commissioner is not budging on it, do you think it's a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, I, I Look, I, I'm a big um, proponent of the college football system specifically is a bit broken for on a number of different levels, right? The regionalization of it, the domination of one conference – um, this, the, it, I don't think that, w that anyone should get an automatic bid. That's the way I look at it. You know, if Cincinnati is the, you know, deserving, they should be in. If Jackson state becomes a team that becomes deserving down the road and they become the next independent team that rises, then so be it. But I think that, um, uh, I, I just feel like the people that run college football in general, um, are very afraid. And it's a world that's changing very rapidly and very quickly, particularly over the last two or three years. And there's more change coming, and I think all of that makes them very afraid. So I just think everyone is trying to clamor on to some semblance of control is the way I would describe it. I, I am going to tell you, George, I can't agree anymore with, with the last part of what you're saying. It's these guys who want to still hold control of college football who can't get over – that there's a transfer portal and every year every player is very much a free agent or that there are NIL deals and that kids who play college sports can actually make real money, like not a little bit of money and get a T-shirt and a hat, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I agree they're trying to hold on to control and they don't want to have somebody from the Mid-American Conference or the Mountain West Conference or any of these conferences that aren't part of the history uh, as they see it of college football, it's not the SEC, it's not the Big Ten, they don't want these little guys in. They don't want Appalachian State from the Sun Belt to all of a sudden get into the playoff just because they won their conference championship. Right. And I can't necessarily blame them for that. It's not like the college basketball tournament where the Sun Belt champ gets in. It's a different deal in football. Don't be hating on the Mac, Cap. Listen, I'm a Mac fan, but Mac I can Zip tell here. you this. I can tell you this, though, that, that that's exactly the kind of conference that the guys from the SEC and the Pac-12 and the Big 12, what's left of it, um, and the ACC and the SEC, they, they don't want those guys in there. That's their club. All right, I went into last night's national championship game last night, very uninterested because it's an all-SEC matchup, and I found myself watching the entire game. How about you, George? Uh, same. 
Same is the way I would describe. Now I'm not. I wasn't completely uninterested because I love college football, um, so I was going to watch no matter what. Um, but I found myself more intrigued as the game went on. By the the first quarter, I was kind of like half heartedly watching, and then by the end of the first, I was I was focused on the game. Yep, felt the same. By way. the way, I listened to the call here on on seven ten ESPN with Sean McDonough, and I'm going to have like a nerdy broadcaster conversation for a second, man. I know that you know people will say, "Oh, he didn't. It didn't work out for him on Monday Night Football." That guy's amazing, dude. Um, like he is. I listen to part so, of it too. So good. Like right. he is such a great broadcaster, man. And by the way, I don't. You know, if you really want a history lesson here, Sean McDonough, whose dad was Will McDonough, a great broadcaster. I mean, a, a great uh, journalist. Sorry right. for right. the Boston Globe for many, many years. Um, but Sean. Dude, that guy was calling the World Series in, like, his 20s, like, on, on television. Like, that guy, what he's been able to accomplish is incredible. The fact that ESPN is able to get him to do it on radio for the National Championship game goes to show you how big that game has become. Yep. Yeah, no, I listened to part of it myself and thought, you know, gosh, he is good. He is. Very solid. All right, he's, keep it going, Lindsay. He's incredible. Go ahead, Lindsay. All right, so I love this story here. So Tampa Bay tight end Rob Gronkowski needed seven catches and 85 yards to earn a $1 million bonus this past Sunday. So, of course, he ended the game with seven catches for 137 yards, and he left the game a $1 million richer. As fans learned later, despite his coach wanting to take him out of the game, Tom Brady refused to exit until he made sure that Gronk got his big money incentive. Well, now we find out that Brady had a little bit of help in remembering what was at stake for his buddy Gronk, and he was reminded by Gronk himself on the sidelines during the game. Here is a clip from NFL Network of how it all played out real quick. Sean, I need one more. Yeah. If I don't get the seventh catch, I have to go get a real job. (laughs) All we got to see is Gronkowski get his catch here. What does that mean? Cha Ching. Gronkowski has his catch bonus. Tom, good pass, dog. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, dog. You just got a milli? Yeah, I got a milli. You just got a milli? Oh, I got a milli. We going. Where we going? To the city. We going to the city. All right. So good for Gronk. I thought that clip was great. And it but this whole great. situation, it seemed to be like a bit of a hot topic for a minute on Twitter. So I'll ask you guys, are individual player performances bonuses in the NFL a big deal or no deal cap? I'm going to say a big deal. I mean, you're Rob Gronkowski. You go into this last game. You know how many catches you need to get to a million dollars. You get to six, but you need seven. You go to your boy Brady and you go, hey, man. Come on, get me one more pass so I get that million bucks. And Brady says, you got it. Um, Not because they're trying to stick it to the man, because they're trying to make as much as they can as quickly as they can. I love this story, and I love Gronkowski saying, if I don't get it, I'm going to have to go get a real job. Yeah, I love his commercial for USAA, where he goes, hey, can I get that insurance? And they're like, no, it's just for military people. You know, they're special. And he goes, well, I'm special. Like, he'll read anything. I think Gronkowski's a riot, and I love the clip, and I think it's a big deal. All right, next. One more, Linz. You don't think it's a big deal, Sedano? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, I think Cap nailed it. I mean, it is a big deal. Like More I, so I mean, that these... a lot of people were, like, complaining about the fact that, like, well, what if Brady went back into the game and, and so he could get Gronk his money and then he got hurt? Like, there were a lot of people Please. that seemed like they were coming up with reasons why they should not have these type of oh. incentives. No, I mean, well, I mean, it – I, I get people can scream about that, but that's just the reality of the game. And it is a big deal because these guys – he's not the only one that was clamoring for it. Uh, Marvin Jones of the Jaguars needed four catches, I think, to get a $700,000 bonus or something like that. And Trevor Lawrence was feeding him the ball and getting him those – getting him the catches he needs so it, early in the game just to get it out of the way. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of guys who are aware of this stuff and, and they know. And why – you know, who the hell doesn't want to make money? I, I hate how fans, um, like sometimes, like not sometimes, a lot of times, they side with against the employee. It, it drives me nuts. I don't, I don't ever understand that. But well, that, yeah, like that who doesn't want their player to win the money? Like, or, right. or you know what I mean, earn the money. Right, but the complaining of, oh my God, what if, what if Gronkowski just to make his million bucks? But Brady, Brady was going to play hurt. for a stretch, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Which is why he told them while he was in there, get me the ball. 
Yeah, that's a lot of complaining about nothing. I, I love it. All right, last one really quick here. So Google has accused Apple of benefiting from bullying as part of a deliberate strategy to make Android users into second-class citizens. <laughs> so, you know, Apple's messaging service includes a number of iOS-exclusive features like Memoji, and, you know, they famously turn the text from Android users green instead of the iOS native blue. So this has turned iMessage into a status symbol among US teens, and Google claims that it's creating peer pressure for younger people to buy iPhones, and sometimes leads to the ostracization of Android users. Uh, is the green bubble from a non-iPhone user a big deal or no deal, Cap? It's a big deal, because for those of us who are iPhone users, if we find out that you mess up our group chats because you're not an iPhone user, um, yeah, comes with some bullying. Like, hey, what's your problem, pal? Why don't you have an iPhone? And I think that people who use iPhones and Macs and Apple products in general all think that they, we, are smarter than everybody who uses an Android or a Windows operating system. I'm certain that it's not true, but it is definitely the Apple user's perspective. Uh, it is a big deal, and it happens consistently. And it, by the way, it's happened on this show. To be frank with you, with like filling people. Taylor, who, Taylor got killed yeah, for not yeah. being an iPhone user. Yeah, it was way before Taylor too. I'll tell you that. So there you go. Um, but yes, so there's been a bunch of guys uh, who have gotten that uh, wrath in the past, um, <laughs> jokingly, of course, half jokingly. Uh, all right, that is big deal or no deal. Uh, not each joking, every day man. at six thirty. All right. We're going to dive into some football before we get out of here. Tomorrow, not tomorrow, Thursday, we'll do a little Scotteria. You ready for a Thursday Scotteria? Yeah, I think by, by Thursday, now that I've gotten us uh, to cancel our meeting and postpone it a week, I think, yeah, I'll be ready. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so let's dive into this because Dylan Hernandez just went at the Rams in the L.A. Times today. We'll get to that, plus Raiders. I want to talk about their big game this weekend as, as they're deserving to get a lot of love uh, this week based on what they've gone through this season and obviously – uh, getting to the postseason is a big deal. So it's first time since 2016. So we'll do all that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm searching for the real love. Great song. Oh, real love. Oh. I'm for some real yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. I'm with you on this one, George. This one makes you sing, makes you dance. Mm -hmm. It's good. Mm -hmm. National Milk Day, by the way. I can't remember the last time I've had a glass of milk. Maybe like with some Oreo cookies, like if you get some really cold, fat-free milk and you take some double-stuffed Oreos and you dunk them. Um, but milk, not a, not a regular part of the diet here, I got to say. Right. Any right. milk? Any leche? Pata usted? Uh, no, not a milk guy. Occasionally almond milk in like a smoothie, but that's it. Milk is nasty. And it's weird because I like ice cream, so, and cheese, but love, just don't love, love milk. Cream. Yeah. Milk I reminds like me it. of like a barn. Like when I, when I smell milk, I feel like it smells like the way that you, it smells when you walk into a barn. I think milk is so gross. Hmm. Yeah, and my kids don't drink milk. Like, they haven't drank milk since they were little, little children. And you really shouldn't drink a ton of milk after no. you're little. Yeah. No. Really? Humans are like the only mammals in the entire world that drink another mammal's milk. It's disgusting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, I, 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 my, you know, we don't drink a lot of milk here, and the kids on their own just didn't want it anymore, and we've never forced them really after that. So absolutely. Smart kids. Um, but I yeah. think we're also, like, in my house, my daughters, it's, it's, there's definitely, like, an almond milk you oh, know? almond so, milk. Yeah, yeah, I drink I mean, that, but that's milk. not. Yeah, yeah, that's not it's real not, milk. It's not like uh, that. It's almond thick, juice, basically. You know, ugh. You, you but I'll tell like you, fat-free milk. milk. Fat, no, I like I like almond milk. I can drink it. I like coconut milk. How about that? Coconut milk's not bad. Yeah, I mean it's it's all milk alternatives. Right. You know, we are so California, dude. 
Oh, really dude, are. I had Ben Lyons on a couple years ago. He, he was talking about, Laura, do you remember? He was talking about, like, uh, what was the name of that uh, grocery store? He was talking about that fancy schmancy grocery store in the Grove. Um, God, I don't remember the name of it now, but it was, like, super fancy. They had, like, every single form of milk you could think of. <laughs> Soy that- milk, coconut milk. Almond yeah. milk, cashew other... milk, right? Yeah, like all sorts milk. of yeah. stuff. Yeah, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, it's funny. You know, I was in a Whole Foods earlier this morning. I'm talking like real early this morning. Yeah. And, you know, Whole Foods has that really nice looking like pizza counter. And I haven't been into this Whole Foods in years. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm grabbing a slice. I'm going to tell you something, George. Uh, the pizza at Whole Foods can't speak for all of them. This freaking bomb slice of pizza. I know it sounds weird, you know? Well, but, I mean, uh, their food is good, so why would their pizza not be good? Really good slice. Way to great go Whole sushi. They have great everything. Their baked goods are delicious. Can't go wrong with Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah except the fact that it's super expensive. But hmm. We live in there, California, right? There's that part of the equation. So, um, so Cap, Dylan Hernandez of the LA Times. Yeah. Lindsay, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you – I didn't read the whole story. I just kind of did the cliff notes. Um, but basically – he says they are – we'll start – Linz, you, you correct me if I'm wrong. Like, he's basically saying there's a lot of excuses with the Rams, and they're, he's kind of implying they're a bit fraudulent. Yeah, so I think the main takeaway that um, I got out of it was when he said the Rams – he wrote, the Rams don't look like a Super Bowl team. What they look like is a team of butts. And so he, like, goes through a lot of examples. B-U-T, of like, not double T, yes. Yes, exactly. Like, for example, Stafford can make fr- throws that few other quarterbacks can make, but he's also prone to a lot of shocking mistakes. Cooper Cup can catch anything, but the Rams don't have a reliable running game, and so on and so on. He's, like, ten examples. Now, I mean, look, they've gotten a much better running game over the last several weeks, right, Cap? I mean, that, that Sonny Michelle has become kind of their guy. And now they're getting Akers back, and I feel like they started to, you know, they're, they're going to try to work him in or try to work him in. Um, I think they'll be cautious with him. But Michelle has been good. Sonny's been good. Well, I think they they definitely are utilizing Sonny Michelle more than they had been. But, George, right, we, Definitely more than Henderson was getting. Right. But when we think, when we say, you know, is the running game improving? Let me throw this number at you. Sony Michelle this past week against San Francisco carried the ball 21 times. The Rams, as a team, had 27 rushes. One of those was a Cooper Cup reverse for 18 yards. Cam Akers had five carries. Sony Michelle, 21 carries, 43 yards. Cam Akers, five carries, three yards. 27 carries in total, 18 yards by Cooper Cup for a grand total of 64 yards. Um, if you think you got you have a chance to win in Green Bay, if you if you get that far, you gotta be able to run the ball. Sixty four yards ain't gonna happen. I mean, it's just it's just not enough. Um, and listen, I I applaud the Rams coaching staff for the balance because Stafford threw the ball thirty two times, and if you go into the game with a game plan of like let's try and run it close to fifty fifty, maybe fifty five forty five, it's they've done a good job of at least committing. But the numbers just don't support a solid running game. Uh, no, but I think the, they just want the numbers now, I think, more than anything else. That's what it feels like for me. Uh, Uriawan, by the way, was the market I was thinking of that Ben Lyons threw out that was super fancy on Beverly Boulevard. Uh, yeah. That, that's What's it called? Cool. It's called Uriawan. E-R-E-W-H-O-N. Uriawan. Right. It's yeah. so fancy that it's a hard thing to say. I always pronounced it Erewhon or Erewhon. I guess I, I think was it's pronouncing Erewhon. it all wrong. I think it's Erewhon. I could be wrong about that, but I'm almost positive. I'm probably wrong. I usually am. Yeah, but it's like they have like super duper like expensive high end stuff. Like that's just kind of the way they do it. Um, so I gotta anyhow, say, I got to say, I'm, I am. I know you and I don't agree on this, and that you have been bullish on the Rams. I have, and I and I've been rooting for the Rams, but I'm I'm just. I'm just not seeing a championship team. And gosh, I hope I'm wrong. And I hope they play in the Super Bowl in SoFi. And I hope Matthew Stafford, you know, proves the world wrong that he wasn't just some stat machine in Detroit. But I'm just not sure I'm seeing a championship caliber team. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, championship, there's only one, right? Like, so, I mean, I think they are, they're going to be in that mix. Like, I, I, if they're not in the, at least the conference finals, I would be disappointed and surprised. Well, you, how about, how about Stan Kroenke? I mean, Stan Kroenke gave this front office 
and this coaching staff everything they wanted. Hey, we don't think Jared Goff's very good. Fine, let's get rid of the contract. We think Matthew Stafford's the man. He's been he's been Matthew Stafford. You know, I mean, he he's been who he was. He's just on a better team now. So, I mean, if if I'm Stan Kroenke, I've given this front office and this coaching staff everything they said they needed. I got you Vaughn Miller in the middle of the year. I got you OBJ in the middle of the year. Yeah, if you don't make it to the conference championship, it's a failure of a season. Yeah. Yeah. Are you firing someone too like Sliwa was firing Brandon's Daly or are you, you're good there? I'm not firing anybody, but I think you and I disagree on this as well. If the Rams don't make it to the NFC Championship game this year, uh, there'd be a lot of pressure on on Sean McVay going forward. Because I just don't know that, you know, it's not like he won a Super Bowl where you're like, hey, he won a Super Bowl. He's got five years now, you know. He's been in a Super Bowl, and the team wins consistently, and they win division titles consistently, but you want to win a championship. And so, I mean, at some point, if the coach doesn't doesn't bring you a championship. I mean, listen, I, I'm of the opinion you don't fire a coach unless you have a better option. And you ain't finding well, a better option than Sean McVay right well, now. That, now. Now therein lies a whole other discussion. Like, well, who's better? Because he keeps producing other guys from his staff that go on to become good head coaches elsewhere. And uh, which one, by the way, I think will win, potentially could win the Super Bowl this year in Lafleur, but he also is playing with arguably the, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Right. That's right. So, and you know, yeah. you, you probably. And by the way, heard, there was a reason that Sean McVay tried to get Aaron Rodgers here. Yeah, you you before probably Stafford. Heard also, the Kevin O'Connell, the current offensive coordinator of the Rams, a name you don't hear that often. He's now his name is out there about head coaching vacancies because he's yeah. the next McVay guy. Yeah, good for him. Uh, oh, all yeah. right, we're done here. Um, you're a diva and a drama queen, and you love it. It seems like so good for you. Yep, that's self-awareness is, is what that is. I love that. I love that about you. Uh, <laughs> excellent work, Scott Kaplan. Great job today, everybody. A lot of fun. Don't forget, Thursday, we're going to do a Scotteria in this segment. Lindsay and Laura, excellent work as well. All right, Lakers talk with a guy who was climbing those diva charts, according to everybody around here, Alan Sliwa. Make sure you call him about that next.